It doesn't say we're live. We <laughs> we're live now. now. We're. Sorry, that was funny. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Saratoga podcast. Um, Dan and I are giggling because when I hit the go live button, um, there's kind of no turning back. And as soon as I hit it, he was like, wait, wait, wait. But uh, <laughs> I think we're, wardrobe, I think, wardrobe, <laughs> wardrobe. Yeah. As long as there's no wardrobe malfunctions, we will be okay. Um, so we are missing our co-host Adam today, who is doing his real life work. And so Dan and I are here to fill you in. We've got lots to talk about today, Dan. Uh, we do again, Saratoga never, never, when it should be dull in the dead of winter, it's not dull and yeah. uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Right. But just, but, but active, right. I would call it. Yes. Very active. And, um, you and I were both at the state of the city address last night that we want to talk about which I actually feel like sounds fundamentally almost like boring. It's like the state of the city, like snooze, but it was actually really interesting. And there was a, there's a lot for us to cover there that I think people are going to be hearing about for the first time. And then we also are going to be talking about this controversy that has been really all over social media before it even hit the mainstream media about um, spring street deli and a missing cat that we will get into Um and then we have a couple other things, um, one specifically targeted to single men. Teaser, not you, Dan, but if you know I'm any single well men. I'm past that stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so lots to talk about, but I say we dive right in with the state of the city. What do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So last night was the state of the city address. Um, and it's really interesting because it really gives you kind of a sense of how the current administration is setting the tone or are going to run things. And what I mean by that is that the mayor can kind of choose how he wants the state of the city address to be delivered. So when Ron Kim was the mayor, he had all the department heads, commissioners, et cetera, send him information and he delivered the state of the city address exclusively. Um, when Meg Kelly was the mayor, she asked all of us to present our own departments and the first thing that struck me last night, and, and I promise this won't be like a Ron Kim hate fest, but the first thing that did strike me last night was how Mayor Safford opened up the state of the city. He really hit on civility. He expressed how grateful he was to be there, how he never expected in his life that he would be standing representing Saratoga as our mayor. And then he talked about the department heads and the people that work in City Hall and how grateful he was for them. And there's something about his sincerity and, and genuine love and excitement for being there that really comes through. And I don't know if you felt the same way, but it just set such a positive tone, kind of an inclusive, positive tone, um, which was, again, just really the contrast between the two mayors couldn't be bigger, you know? And I thought that was really demonstrated last night through his opening remarks. Yeah, and I agree with you. We we, we don't want to make it a, a, a Ron Kim beat up fest, no. but but he owns who he was in those two years. He owns that. And John Safford exudes warmth. I think that's uh, kind of yeah. what you were saying: decency, caring, um, and he means it. He's he's yeah. he's genuinely for for those of you that haven't had a chance to meet him yet or see him in person. He's got that uh, you know he's 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 in command, 
but he's grandfatherly about it. Uh, yeah. Just kind and decent. I think he really cares about people. I think everyone, even those that might be, uh, uh, you know, like I say, Dems uh, not in his political party, they probably can't help but appreciate him so far. And it's young. It's, he's only been in a month. But I'm telling you, it feels right. And it feels like all the – last night, Robin, there was so much positive talk about the employees of City Hall. Yeah. And it was genuine. But you could see it was also uh, had a desired effect of, okay, you'd suffered through two years of toxicity. We want to recognize how wonderful you are. Let, let's get to a normal. And you could sense, you and I talked about it briefly last night, almost a sigh of relief coming around that building. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, a lot of the other city council members, you know, acknowledged um, the the kind of positive atmosphere and, and, and you know, complimented the mayor. And afterwards, you know, there was some socializing afterwards, and I was hearing the same things from members of the city council, other people who are working in city hall, they were having kind of the same reaction. So I think that was a really positive way to start off. Um, he also then hit on, and as did almost everybody, I think, almost every single commissioner and the mayor and the supervisors touched on homelessness when they were speaking. And that was one of the first things that Mayor Safford spoke about. It's one of the things he's most passionate about. He's he's worked in a, a number of capacities in assisting the homeless at different organizations. And so he said uh, they've made tremendous strides with the homeless and how we are working to provide resources for them um, just in his first month of being in office. And so I think we're going to hear more announcements and details about that in the upcoming weeks. Um, so that was really good to hear. He spoke about... and. Feel free to jump in here, Dan. I know we were sitting next to each other and both taking notes. Um, but he also spoke about Dave Harper, who is the new city attorney who replaced um, uh, Michael, why can't I think of his last name off the top of my head, who replaced the previous city attorney who was hired under Ron Kim towards the end of his term, right. Michael Phillips. Ran for DA. I can't think of yeah. his name either. Mike. Michael Phillips. Michael Phillips. Thank you. Yeah. Um, which I also thought was interesting because, you know, the city attorney was such a point of contention and controversy two years ago. And we really haven't heard much at all about Dave Harper being appointed. Have you? Um, no, and, you know, going back two years ago, it was, uh, it was the first sign of dysfunction. The dysfunction that was about to come was the problems with uh, the appointments and the firings of the city's attorneys, which should have been a simple uh, non-issue. <laughs> and yet it became a big issue for months. Um, so, yeah, no, I haven't. And, and it shouldn't be, right? It's a pretty uh, uh, ministerial act to appoint, appoint the city attorney and uh, move on and let him do his work uh, with, with in, in, uh, you know, largely behind the scenes. Obviously, some transparency when there's results, but uh, that, that shouldn't be a, a big issue in a city. It's I, not I this agree. time around. And the, one of the things that he said he would be, do, that Dave Harper would be doing um, immediately which I think is great and needs to be done, is a complete review of all the litigation that's facing the city. Because we know there were a whole variety of lawsuits or threats of lawsuits that came up over the last few years. And so I think that's really important. And he is going to assess and analyze how much we're spending on outside legal counsel and just get like a general picture of where we're at in terms of what legal fights the city is facing. Um, and then also we'll be working to streamline and expedite all FOIL requests, which again, we know were a source of contention over the last two years. Um, the city then, had to pay, pay legal fees in at least one case because correct. they essentially failed to respond, at least in a timely manner, 
uh, to to foil requests, and that can cost the city money if that continues. So good for good for the mayor for getting out ahead of it. And, and Robin, not to steal what you're talking about, but he also talked about maybe you're getting there. I'm sure your notes have it speeding up the uh, building permits and and uh, people that want to do development. That is next on the list that actually doesn't fall under the city attorney, but yes. Oh, okay. I, I was talking about, yeah, generally about the mayor. Sorry about that. Oh, no, 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 no. That's quite all right. Um, he then started talking about Patrick Hogan, who um, heads up our building department. And uh, he he talked about they did 20, 2,100 inspections last year and issued 871 building uh, building permits. Um, that Those are the numbers I have. That's staggering. That is like a huge, huge amount. And so he said the goal for 2024 was to reduce the permit wait time to four to six weeks, specifically to help smaller projects get through this process and not have there be so much of a log jam. Um, and those were welcome words to my ears because I do feel that a lot of times the approval processes that we have in place at City Hall and the fact that they can take so long and be so cumbersome um, can be really anti-small business at the end of the day. People end up, you know, giving up on relocating their small business or renovating or whatever because it's just, it's such a debacle to go through this process. It's horrible. And I have talked to some small-time people, but I've talked to somebody in this town that's big, really big. And they complained to me how their, how their uh, project was languishing because of lack of action by the city. And this was like a year ago. And I'm, I said to them, if you, this big company, big powerful company, are suffering from this, what, what's the little guy? Uh, uh, what, what recourse does he have? He's, he's got nothing. And and, he, and they end up being victims, right? They, they end up essentially, okay. they got their money tied up in it. They got their plans. They got their dreams. And they're getting nowhere. So good for the mayor for recognizing this. Good for him for addressing this. He hasn't solved this yet. But the first way to solve it is to set a goal. And he set a goal. And I laud him. Uh, it's a very laudatory one. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also have to give a lot of credit to the building and planning department because this is the first year that the Unified Development Ordinance, the UDO, has been in effect, which is like this massive document that took years and years to put together that condensed all of our zoning and building and planning um, language and rules and did everything combined into one document. But so it was a big transition for the building department and planning department to be working off of this new document. And so the fact that they transitioned so well was impressive. He also said that their hope is also to start doing inspections, building inspections on mobile devices and scanning all the digital, scanning all the paper records into digital um, to hopefully make their way into a complete digital world, which would of course also streamline things and make things a lot faster for people. So that would be fantastic if that happened. Um, a quick point on all that you just yeah. said, it's so unsexy but it's so important and it's mammoth, <laughs> right? It's mammoth. And, uh, you know, someone might roll their eyes of hearing this stuff, uh, you know, we're streamlining bureaucracy and so forth, but oh my God, that's, uh, that's really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he mentioned a couple big projects that were happening. Um, a big Skidmore expansion, uh, the overhaul of Longfellows. And then he also mentioned the three cannabis locations, um, which to my knowledge are, one is going to be out by PJ's Barbecue. One is going to be over on West Avenue um, in the kind of plaza where uh, Empire State College is. And then I believe the last location is going to be on Weibel um, across from the transfer station. Um, uh, that's at least my understanding as to where they will be. 
Um, and goals for 2024, other goals that he, he mentioned, um, going over the climate action plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And then also, I thought this was kind of an interesting one. Um, a, another big goal for 2024 was to reduce fatal and serious car crashes to zero, which kind of came out of the blue, I thought. But I mean, was it certainly a, a very worthy goal? Um, Absolutely. And Robin, I, I don't know how I missed that, but I, I, I don't I don't recall hearing that. I, uh, wow. This came from Mayor Safford? Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I know. I, I was typing fast and furious, Dan. <laughs> good. Good. Wow. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, I, yeah, I missed that. I, I was there, there the whole time right next to you. And uh, somehow I missed that. Okay. <laughs> Glad I got you. I should have asked you for your notes. I saw you put them in your computer. I, I know there's, lo there's lots of them, lots of them. Oh, wow. Um, but I was, I, I was old school. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to that effect, I will say for the, and I, he, presumably he's working hand in hand with public safety on that. And to that effect, for the first time in so long, I was driving down Lake Avenue the other night and there was a speed trap by the rec center. And I was like, all right, yes. Like I would like to see more enforcement, especially by our schools and play areas for speeding. And so, you know, even though I'm always at risk for getting a ticket, um, I was actually delighted to see that happening. And so perhaps those things you know, going in, in, in less than a month, uh, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I want to follow up on that. In less than a month, uh, Tim Cole and his deputy, Dan Charlson, are are putting a stamp on it. And let me give credit to the, the all the departments, especially in this case, the police department. Um, but you, you can see there's uh, some leadership and some vision there on, on uh, Mr. Cole's part. Agree. 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 So those were kind of the major points um, that the mayor went over. Um, in terms of his goals, his plans, and his department. And then he turned it over to the Commissioner of Accounts, Dylan Moran. And um, Commissioner Moran started off by, by really giving the mayor um, a very nice shout out, I thought, and acknowledging that the environment was significantly less tense. Um, yes. And I thought that was really uh, a great acknowledgement and a great way for Commissioner Moran to start off. Um, he also gave a lot of credit to the staff uh, and employees of City Hall and talked about um, how important they are and also how important it was for him as a department head to enable them to do their job and empower them to do their job. Um, and so I thought that was, again, a, a great thing to say, a great way to set a positive tone. Um, and a consistent theme the whole evening, yes. right, with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, which was really, and again, the consistent theme of the two years of the previous administration was the kind of abuse and toxic environment that these employees were working in. So hopefully this will bring some kind of reprieve and renewed appreciation for everyone. Um, then these are the numbers that I think I have correct. I'm like 99% sure I have correct. And tell me if you've caught these as well. He talked about the assessment roles and I thought this was really interesting. Um, we usually average about $26 million on our assessment rolls, which means we have $26 million of assessed property value within the city. Um, and he said they have gotten that number up to $40 million now, meaning they have been reassessing properties that haven't been assessed in a long time um, and, you know, whose values have gone up. Um, and so we still have the same amount of property but we're taxing it in a much more equitable and fair manner, meaning people are 
we're getting closer to having people pay taxes on what their actual market value is of their property. Does that make sense, Dan? Well, I remember the 26 and the 40. I didn't write it down, but I then I either misunderstood it or I thought that was that his point there was that the uh, new new construction, new development is just increasing. I, I thought that was his point, uh, that there's been that much more new development and construction. But I you 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 sat on the city council. You, you may have had a better ear on that than I did. But that's what I took in at the at the moment. You know what? All. Let's, I will ask him because I think that's like a really actually important point, but I do, I do definitely recall him um, talking about the assessments being more equitable. So maybe it's men, maybe it's a kind of a hybrid of both, but either way, it's a good thing for the city because it means we are bringing in more money um, without raising, raising tax. taxes, yeah, without, right. even though taxes were raised, it, yeah, different thing. Mm. Um he spoke about digital records, digital records management. It is kind of like astonishing, actually, to hear people talk about transitioning from paper to digital when we're in 2024. Like, these are things that, like, I feel like as an average citizen, you would imagine would have happened in, like, 2001, right? Right, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? And you just forget. It's some, you know, some of these. Um... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's such a mammoth undertaking. Yeah. Second time I use mammoth to, today, and we're 17 minutes into this. Um, that um, is probably very expensive. Probably was put off in past administrations. Kind of understandable. I'm not, I'm not criticizing them for it. It's again, it's the it's the below the radar. It's it's not new parks. It's not fire engines. It's not, and it's it's important. It's not to say it was important, and it should have been done earlier. But I I get why. Uh, so good for for everybody involved now to to get us, you know. Uh, the, the joke when I was in the state police is, you know, we'd be saying, yeah, we're racing into the 80s. And it was, you know, 2010, <laughs> <laughs> kind of totally. the same thing. And and residents may not realize, like, what a direct impact this will have on them from an efficiency standpoint to also, like, if you go on the city website and you're trying to look something up, if you're putting in a search term and you're not finding what you want, it's likely because that information or that record hasn't been digitized. So it's not searchable on the city website. So this actually you know, just generally speaking, could provide access for residents to a lot more information um, that they're seeking out on the website. Um, he also spoke about the special event process. And this is the only thing that I took a teensy bit of issue with. Um, he was emphasizing that now, you know, the city has, as you know, so many special events that happen all year round from everything in the summer to chowder fest to the races, you know, the running races that happen, there's just a ton of special events. And so he really emphasized that now on the day that they get their license to have these special events, they know exactly what the cost is going to be for the police and fire overtime that's required to make sure their events are um, done in a safe and responsible manner. My only issue with that was that we have always sat down with whoever is doing a special event and given them as precise an estimate as possible before they even got their license. So they knew, because 99% of the time, these are nonprofits that are doing these events. So they knew what the financial outlay was going to be working with the city and there were no surprises. So I don't know, you know, maybe over the last two years, something went awry with that process. But when I was there and running public safety, um, people people knew how much it was going to cost to have their event before they got their license. So because the last thing we would ever want to do is surprise a nonprofit with, you know, some astronomical fire and police number that they hadn't fundraised for after the event. So 
I guess I'm a little confused, Robin. What What is the difference between when you were in and what Commissioner Moran was outlining? So I guess what he, what he was saying last night is that now finally all these oh. people who are doing events or know how much it costs while they when they get their license, as if they hadn't known in the past. Okay. Is he is he giving them a flat rate ahead of time, regardless of the actual overtime that is incurred? No. Like, I, okay, this is what you have to pay. Pay it today. And even if it runs over, the city will cover the rest. I it's, it sounds like they're. It sounds like they're. They're. They're getting a locked. In. You gave them an estimate. It sounds like what you're talking about, Commissioner Moran, is he's yeah. giving them a locked-in price, which, True. in my eyes, that means the city taxpayers eat the cost above that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I have. I don't have the answer to that. And you know, I know for some of these events, they've been going on for so long that they can really kind of, um, you know nail down how many people are going to be there and how big it's going to be ahead of time. And that's usually almost exactly correct because they've been doing it for so long, but that can't be the case all the time. So that's a really good question. I, I don't have the answer to that, but we can find out. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, Moran, are you watching? Then also he, Commissioner Moran spoke about short-term rentals and he said definitively that short-term rentals are going to be regulated in his term and he will be bringing legislation in the next few weeks to that effect. And I think that is going to be really um, interesting slash potentially controversial um, because I know just the subject in general gets people a little riled up on, on both sides of it. So I'm really interested to see exactly what kind of regulation he's going to be bringing to the table. Um, he did mention briefly that, you know, residential neighborhoods should not have what essentially is tantamount to a hotel plopped in the middle of their neighborhood because someone is Airbnb, um, which I fully agree with. But I think it'll be really interesting to see what kind of regulation he is bringing, what he comes up with. Yeah. I, you know, why hasn't the state of New York uh, led on this and come up with statewide regulations? You know, all these hundreds of municipalities forced to do their own research, come up with their own. It doesn't make sense to have a hodgepodge. But that's what we're going to get. Uh, good for Commissioner Moran for doing this. It is needed, right? The safety issues. Are these places fire traps and so forth? And uh, there's there's virtually no regulation to that effect. Uh, there's no safety to that effect, whereas a hotel has a, a, a myriad of, of rules and laws and statutes and ordinances they must follow. Um, so this, this is needed. I hope this is done well. Uh, and proper, and because we don't want this to turn into a litigation nightmare, right? Whereas they yeah. enacted, I mean, we, we saw what happened with you know Van Dam Street. <laughs> Oops, you know we, we don't want a Van Dam Street issue here. I know. Right? I feel like um, we saw that so coming a mile away, though. But yeah, I, I, I hope the attorneys are involved in this. I hope there's been a lot of research done of of what's legal, what's uh, uh, what's not going to be necessarily challenged or unlikely to be challenged. Um, so this needs to be done. But it also has to be methodical, and, and I hope it was, and maybe Commissioner Moran is watching saying, yes, we've been doing this for months and months, and we're on our game. I, I just don't know that. Uh, I just don't know yeah. that. I, I know that for me, when we were looking into this, one of the trickiest elements, which I'm really interested to see how they're going to address, is how you identify who is airbnb their property. There's no way to find out you know, exactly who's airbnb their property except when I was looking into it, you could hire a company that essentially paid people to go, you know, throughout the community 
and just like eyeball houses and try to like see who was Airbnb by essentially kind of like spying, so to speak. And I felt like that was not uh, conducive to the spirit in which the city runs and wasn't a great way to approach identifying who's Airbnb and trying to regulate them. So I'm interested to see how he gets around that hurdle. Um, really quick, I just want to put up two comments here. We have a comment from Patrick Carr. He says, going digital should be a priority for paying taxes and utilities. Every neighbor I speak to expresses frustration and not having the ability to have taxes bills automatically deducted from checking account. Yeah, that totally makes sense, Patrick. And then he just- Thank you. I don't think Patrick's ever written in before that I recall, so thank you. If I know. Welcome, comment. Patrick. We appreciate your comments. Um, and this is, I believe, in reference to the short-term rentals. He thinks this would benefit the taxpayers in the city. Um, I think the only pushback, Patrick, you might hear from that and we might hear from that is that people I know are going to be very reluctant to be taxed on their short-term rental. So, you know, there's a lot of issues that surround how we regulate them. You can regulate the zoning, you can regulate the safety, but then also usually what goes hand in hand with that is, um, a, a tax because as a hotel or a bed and breakfast, you're paying an occupancy tax. People who are Airbnb are not paying an occupancy tax. And that's been one of the big points of contention here is that people want there to be an equal playing field. And so if you're Airbnb, you should also be paying an occupancy tax that comes back to the city and some, you know, and, and, and via the county comes back to the city. So um, we shall see. Um, and I, you know, I get about two Airbnbs a year. Airbnb is not collecting taxes. I thought, for God's sake, I, I thought oh, they were. Airbnb helps. Airbnb gives you the ability to um, reflect the income so you can pay, you know, state and federal taxes on what you're making from Your Airbnb. Income. Yes. But, yeah. but, the, but the user, the, the renter, is not paying tax on top of their, their other fees? They're not paying taxes that go to the county and city, no. Okay. I didn't know that. I, for some reason, I, I thought, um, and maybe these were out-of-state places, and maybe those states are ahead of the game. I, I don't know. But it, uh, in my head, I remember, you know, they, they hit you with a lot of added items, right? The cleaning fee, this fee, right. that fee. Right. And I thought taxes were in that, so apparently no. not. Okay. No, um, because there's no, so there's no way, essentially, to do it on Airbnb's end. The city of Saratoga Springs being 12866 as an area code actually encompasses more than just the city of Saratoga Springs. Mm -hmm. So there's no way for them to build in a tax that would go back to specifically, that would be to city residents only. There's no way for them to build that in through like using an area code as a parameter. That makes sense. Zip code, right. Okay. Um, by the way, Patrick says the benefit was in reference to the auto billing. So not short-term rentals. Patrick mm -hmm. noted, and thank you for letting us know. <laughs> um, so those were kind of the major bullet points from Commissioner Moran. Did you have any other ones that you caught from him that you wanted to go over, Dan? Um, no, but I, I want to emphasize something you said, because I, I, when, when there was a good quote, I wrote it down. He, and he says, yeah, it, it, some of the, one of the first words out of his mouth were, it's been less tense this first month. And that's a quote. I appreciate his candor. Because uh, you could feel it in the room. There were allusions to that. He was the, the first one, uh, maybe the only one, to clearly, clearly state it. Um, he talked about helping people. And and uh, I touched on this on Saratoga Report. I, I wrote up a, 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 a commentary on Saratoga Report this morning. It's also on the What's Going On Saratoga Facebook page. And I wrote, there's a good Dylan Moran and a bad Dylan Moran. And I wrote, last night, that was a good Dylan Moran. I appreciate it hearing from him. 
I assume you, what you mean by that is that he sometimes can exhibit a bit of a temper. Um, it was the more I, I wrote the, the the good Dylan Moran's intelligent is a visionary. The the bad Dylan Moran um, is uh, 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 um, uh, ambitious and can stir the pot sometimes. And I didn't sense that last night. I didn't sense like this was the Dylan Moran that's going to be running for mayor a little over a year from now. And maybe he is, I don't know. And he has the right to, but when, when, when that is, uh, when you see, when you see it every time, when you sense it, every time you see an official in action, it can be a turnoff. And I didn't, I didn't sense that last night. I sensed he was doing, he was in the moment talking about the state of the city, about his department, and he wasn't looking 12 and 18 months down the road. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will say- Those are my thoughts. Those are just my my (laughs) gut. No, and I understand what you're saying. And and to me, I guess I would characterize it as, because I've kind of experienced myself in, in, in some way, shape, or form, when you have a lot of passion for the city and you're pursuing that passion via local politics- Sometimes it can be really great. And sometimes that passion can get you into a little bit of trouble. So, you know, I know that Commissioner Moran has a lot of passion and uh, I do respect that. He, he does. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I qualify my remarks. It's just, it's just my, right. my thoughts. Um, well, everybody go to Saratoga Report to read Dan's full piece. Um, next up was Commissioner Songvi, who was talking about finance, of course. And she started off by saying the state of our city finances is healthy and good. Those were the two specific words she used, healthy and good. And we like to hear that. Um, she talked about the third fire station um, being funded and hiring 16 firefighters. She also spoke about um, that they have started a reserve fund for the expanded staffing needs for the fire station, for the third fire station when the safer grant ends. Um, because as some of our viewers might know, um, we applied for and received a, a safer grant, which is funding the vast majority of the salaries for these new firefighters for the third station. But I believe it only lasts for three years. So after the end of those three years, we're looking at a significant like seven figure deficit that has to be <laughs> that has to be addressed. So um, it's good to hear that they have started a reserve fund to address that moment when it comes. Um, she also discussed funding the 24-7 low barrier shelter and also providing funding for shelters of Saratoga. Um, she also talked about reinstating and funding the assistant police chief, and which is obviously fantastic. And she spoke about the importance of having an assistant police chief. But what bugged me is that I just wanted to say, yeah, we all know how important it is to have an assistant police chief, but you all voted to defund him. And so there was like kind of no, like, not that this would have been the appropriate place to acknowledge that. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It just, it just drove me a a little bit nutty because I'm like, you guys did that. So it's great that you refunded the position, but you were the ones who defunded it in the first place. Right, but, but but how much blame can you extend to the other four city council members as opposed to Jim Montanino, who, who was the one that spearheaded that? A tremendous amount, Dan. A tremendous amount. When you're, I don't care. I don't care what Jim Montanino was talking about when he was pitching his little "let's defund the assistant chief" position. Anyone with like two brain cells in their head would be able to think to themselves, you know what? Our police department probably needs an assistant chief to run. This doesn't seem like a great idea. 
And so it's on all of them equally, in my opinion. Horrible idea from Jim Montanino, but executed by his colleagues. So, no. But isn't there a deferral with, within, you know, he runs his department, the, the, they run their departments, and there seems to be a lot of deferral there, right? Well, I... I he didn't even have to fill it. Even if she funded it, he, he, he wasn't obligated to fill it, was he? Well... She, the, I mean, he, there wouldn't have been an issue at all if he, if they had not voted to defund it in the first place. And I agree, it was a horrible idea. I, yeah. I, well, let's be clear, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I just don't know where, don't know if I agree with you on, on where the blame lies. Well, I do know that a lot of times there is, people are very deferential to the staffing needs of other departments because they're like, you know, I don't know how your department runs, so if you're telling me you need this, like I'm going to trust that you need it to run your department efficiently. But when it comes to something like the police department that touches every single person in Saratoga, there is a level of familiarity that is much higher than, say, our level of familiarity with the staffing needs of the accounts department. And so I just think from a logical perspective, you know, those five folks should have known that it was a bad idea. Regardless, it's fixed. Hooray. Um, also, we have currently 81 police officers that are hired, which is fantastic. We have, um, she said 82 firefighters. I think Commissioner Cole said 84, but regardless, that's how many firefighters we well, have. I, I think one was firefighters, one said employees. So the, oh, okay. the common civilian employees. You're right. There was a, a small disparity between the two numbers. Um, she also mentioned that they have acquired a $2.2 million ladder truck and a new ambulance through the capital budget, um, which is great. Uh, she talked about the participatory budget program which has funded a lot of fun stuff, including your favorite thing, curling. And was mentioned last night. Yes, and that cycle three for participatory budgeting will start this spring. She spoke about um, our street lights being converted into LEDs, which is something that happened in, in our administration, but it's just kind of taken forever to execute. So that's happening, which is great. She spoke about a roadmap to becoming a carbon neutral city. I don't freaking understand how we become a carbon neutral city. So I'm kind of like interested to see that roadmap. I, I don't. Horses. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Exactly. Yes. But I will trade in my SUV for lots of horses and so on and so forth. Um, she spoke about, um, and this I actually hadn't heard about, which I thought was really exciting. And $150,000 um, uh, $150, that went to Pitney Farm for solar panels which is awesome. Um, and then also she spoke about, and she was like, this doesn't sound sexy at all. And it doesn't, but it's smart. Uh, an assignment that they have put aside that is basically acting as a savings account to use for salt and sand in the winter months, which I don't know if people know this, you can go to the public safety garage and, and get sand or salt. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, you can go and do that. And so to address your um, snow and, and ice needs, but she was basically just saying, you know, sometimes we have winters that are extreme. Sometimes we have winters that are more mild. And so by putting this kind of uh, assignment as kind of like a savings account, it will help us um, be the most efficient in, in terms of uh, allowing for salt and sand allowances in the winter months. So not sexy, but functional. <laughs> yeah. My wife makes me buy the pet friendly one. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> <It's> expensive. <laughs> I just I just try not to go outside. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, did you have any thoughts on Commissioner Songby's um state of the city? Because that wraps up kind of the major points that I caught. Yes, in my write-up, and then let me preface this by saying 
Uh, Commissioner Sungvi's and my politics are very different, but I am a fan of hers. I, uh, uh, but I couldn't help but notice last night. I, I, you know, I want to be as objective as I can, whether I like someone or don't like someone. Um, you could sense that she was running for state senate based on things she said that she didn't. You know, she was really talking up public safety that I don't recall her talking it up before, and that's not yeah. a bad thing. But I just sense that again. This is what Dan senses. I'm not saying it's uh, objectively true. Uh, it's my thoughts. Um, she <laughs> talked, she was rah rahing uh, the Belmont stakes as everybody was, everybody oh, yeah. should be. But I've never known her to, to be excited about horse racing before, so that was kind of new. Um, so I just felt and it didn't mean she was shameless about it or anything, but I just, I just couldn't help but say this is a slightly shifted to the center commissioner Minita Sungvi than was here six months ago. And I just, I, I just know that again, that doesn't make her, her, her bad. I, I credit her for running. There's going to be an interesting Senate race. We'll have to talk about that more in a, a month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's going to be right upon us before we blink a few times. Um, and uh, as far as I know, she doesn't have a primary yet. So it might be her against a, a, a Jim Tedisco, but anyway, I'm getting a little off point, but that's, that's what I noticed. But, um, yeah. but, but I am a fan, uh, even though her politics are, are way different than mine. Um, um, just, uh, just my thoughts. Um, I think those are very interesting observations. My only counterpoint to that would be perhaps it is easier for all of the city council members to express how important public safety is now that they have a commissioner running that department that they don't loathe. <laughs> so, you know, Fair enough. Hey, good. That's uh, you and I are uh, complimenting each other. C O M P L E M. You know, we're we're t- we're not saying the same thing. We always worry that we're parroting each other and and so forth. But you and I have some good, uh, respectful, uh, uh, not disagreements necessarily, but different thoughts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would love to have Commissioner Song beyond to talk about, um, you know, some things she touched on in the state of the city, but also talk about her upcoming, you know, her campaign and and how she's going to balance all these things. I think that would be a really interesting conversation. So. Um, certainly we will be reaching out to her and I have always appreciated her, um, communication and she's always been really responsive to resident needs or us asking for information or interviews or whatnot. So, um, kudos to her for that. Um, we then transitioned to, uh, commissioner Jason Golub, who spoke about public works and he touched on some of the highlights of the last year. Um, the public works department paved and milled more streets than ever before. Um, every neighborhood in the city um, was had improvements in terms of repaved streets or milled streets. And they did so well that we had a $1.7 million reimbursement from the CHIPS program, which is great. Um, he spoke about the Caroline Street School project, which was putting in sidewalks um, by the Caroline Street School. And that, um, although you might think that would be a universally popular idea, there were some people who were really pissed off about it. But since in the true Saratoga fashion, yes, in true Saratoga fashion, um, you're like puppies and rainbows are going to be great, and people are like, "No, I have a problem with those puppies and rainbows." Um, <laughs> so. He, he did mention, though, that since the sidewalks have gone in, he's received communication from some of the people who are like dead set against them, saying that they actually really appreciate the sidewalks now. So hooray for people coming around. Um, he also just talked about his attention to all the kind of rec facilities and that he went around with his deputy to all of the recreation facilities in the city to kind of assess which ones needed more help and which ones, you know, were doing okay which I think was really important. And he spoke about 
um, the rec center, um, uh, the, the Vanderbilt rec center on Vanderbilt and which I believe is called the Scott Johnson rec center now. And also um, the Geyser Crest uh, rec facilities and how both of those were very important. And he wanted to continue to improve those um, for the benefit of those neighborhoods in particular. Um, he, and by the way, feel, to, feel free to jump in anytime, Dan, I'm just going through the list. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'll interject something here. I, I think yeah. the five of them last night had a contest to see who could be the least sexy and what they were bringing. And it was a four-way tie. But I, I, I think Jason at one point, or Commissioner Gold at one point, and sorry if I'm stealing your thunder here, he started, he had a little bit of Santa Claus going there, and you touched on some of it. He's, you know, dog park. Playgrounds uh, for uh, everybody. Yeah, multi-use trails. Like I was like, yay, yay, yay! And then he talked about uh, over over near where I live, Waterfront Park, the improvements they did there, yeah. uh, Lounsbury Lake Dam. Okay, not necessarily sexy, but pretty darn important. Um, and and uh, he, he just yeah. So yeah. he was uh, yeah. he was rattling off some past accomplishments, but some future plans, all of which were uh, were were pretty darn neat. Yeah, some really interesting future plans, such as. Um, they have purchased a two acre parcel on Excelsior, which is next to the water treatment facility, so that in future years, if we need to expand the water treatment facility, we can. But since we don't have that need right now, they plan on turning that into a park, which is awesome. In, including um, the dog park, right? Including the dog park. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I don't know, but presume. I think that's where he said the dog park would go. Oh, okay. As well. All right. Great. Um, and then. Some of the other uh, 2024 goals, the Loughberry Lake renovation, which has been you know talked about for so long, is going to begin. Um, the seasonal parking program is going to be executed. Um, that will bring in lots of revenue for the city. Uh, they are exploring a supplemental a supplemental water source in Geyser Crest. He is expanding the parking lot at the Vrec Center on Vanderbilt. Um, looking to install sidewalks near Pitney Meadows and the YMCA on West Avenue, and also um, putting in a new mountain bike park on Weibel Avenue near the ice rink. So I thought those were all sound, all sounded really awesome. Um, and, and he mentioned a possible, he said there might not be enough money, but a Crescent Avenue connector multi-use trail, which I think is great. Crescent oh. Avenue, wide, wide wooded areas, some owned by State Park. Uh, that's begging for a multi-use trail. That's that's that yeah. that shouldn't uh, that should be there. He the other thing he spoke about, which I thought was is such an accomplishment, was um, creating this new communication platform for people to um, relay issues or make complaints that they're having, you know, that need to be addressed by Public Works. And he said last it rolled out last February, and they had twelve hundred cases come in through this communication platform that they, that they launched. So obviously it was really, it was really needed and really helpful for residents. So like kudos for him for putting that in place. Yeah. Um, let, let, let me add, um, he is um, very eloquent in describing like everyone praised the city staff, but he used, uh, he used descriptives that uh, unlike any others, he's talked about the talented engineers and I got it written down here and then, and the innovative and qualified professionals. It, it had a, a, a wonderful, uh, uh, everything last night had an upbeat feel to it. Everything, everybody did, everybody. It was, it was wonderful after seeing two years of, of ugliness, really, to be honest with you. And that's unfair to, to say all two years. There were 
Mayor Kim and even Jim Montanino had accomplishments. They did a lot of good things, but, but it was, it, it's hard to get away from the feeling of ugliness. So I, if I'm overstating yeah. it, um, uh, guilty as charged, but that's that's the feeling in, in, in my gut. But last night, and, and, and there's going to be some rough times, right? It's city government, it's politics, but um, uh, this whole month has been a, a joy. I, I totally agree. And um just even like in the last few years, you could sense when, you know, Commissioner Montanino was going up to talk, everybody else was kind of like eye rolling it, not paying attention, like, you know, that that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, and the, cold, the, the room got colder. Like you yeah. can feel it get colder. Yeah. Yes. yes. Good point. And, yeah. And this is and and that was when we had all Democrats, I would like <laughs> to point out, also on the city council. And now we kind of have more of a mix and it's actually made things more respectful and positive, which is just give credit to everyone for that. Um, yes, everybody deserves credit for that. Yeah. Uh, a quick aside, and again, yeah. I don't want to bash Commissioner Montanino and Mayor Kim too much. You and I are trying to do that, but but again, they, they got to own whatever they're responsible for there. But I think the two of them, and there's probably a lot of agreement to this, dragged down the other three commissioners uh, of the same party. And now that there's a a, a a better combination of people there. I think everybody's shining. Yeah, I I totally agree, and hopefully it stays that way. Fingers yes, crossed. Yes, that, you know, we know that's not a guarantee. I know. Hope it stays that way. Moving on to public safety and Commissioner Cole, um, he started off by talking about uh, the police department that had, and this is really, I feel like people should like we should really drive this home. The police department last year had twenty seven thousand six hundred and forty three calls for service. So, you know, when people talk about the public safety budget or the amount of police officers we have, let's keep that in mind, you know, almost 28,000 calls for service. Um, the number one source of calls for service was for issues at the Woodlawn Garage. Um, but that number went down from 2022, where it was 1,165. That dropped down to 758 calls last year, which he attributed to the opening of the Adelphi Shelter and thank the Bonaccios for their generosity in making that happen. And I was, I went up the elevator last night with Sonny Bonaccio, so he was there, and I think it was really nice for him to get that acknowledgement. And I, 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 as, as I did too. Yeah, and I and the numbers, you know, you, you can't deny those numbers. And I actually was, I mean, I can't believe it was the number one call for calls for service or for the Woodlawn Garage. That's that was the kind of like wild to me. Um, he spoke about the accreditation for the police department that. I feel like it's actually gotten touched on a lot, but it's great that we have become accredited. Um, and then he he mentioned. Well, I, if I can quickly interrupt you there. Uh, you know, Jim Montanino deserves a lot of credit for the accreditation. I believe it's you know it was under his watch, and 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 the police the the, the police officers that did it. I recognize that, but I, I I can't take you know he had some role in it. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna hit him, I'm also gonna commend him where where I think it might be uh, worthy. I well, first I'm gonna put up this comment actually because I think it is appropriate. Um, Scott says centrists in both parties have more in common than the radicals in both. Perfectly articulated. Yeah. Totally agree. Thank you for that comment, Scott. Um, also, the only reason I previously just like rolled my eyes to what you were saying, Dan, is that he um, assigned former assistant chief who then was demoted to lieutenant Bob Jilson he kind of gave him the assignment of taking, uh, of doing the accreditation. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, whatever. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Okay, moving on. 
Um, he spoke about um, the 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 way that different agencies have been working together with our police department. And he talked about the robbery at Bed and Jerry's over the summer as an example of the successful collaboration between different law enforcement agencies and that the SSPD responded to the Ben and Jerry's incident. This happened over the summer. Some of you might remember um, a man came in. He said he had a gun. He um, left with quite a bunch of cash, you know, that he demanded. And then um, late, later that afternoon, the sheriff's department contacted the SSPD about a robbery that happened at a Stortz in Malta. And um, they realized that it might be the same person. And then the SSPD was able to locate that individual and arrest them. And so it was an example of a successful um, collaboration between the two agencies. And I think that especially with Commissioner Cole and his background in law enforcement, those kind of collaborations are going to continue. And I think that is for the benefit of everyone, obviously. Um, he talked about doubling the foot patrol. This was the only thing I kind of like giggled at. Love you, Commissioner Cole. But we're doubling our foot patrol from one officer to two. Yes. No. I Come think, on. It's his first month. He did two weeks. Let's give some credit where it's due. No, I know. I know. But when he said double, I was like, woo. And then I was like, wait, one to two. I'm like, hmm. I mean, I think it's awesome. I think there's nothing better than having, um, you know, our, some some of our police officers on foot patrol. It familiarizes them with the residents, with the businesses. People become more comfortable around these police officers. They develop relationships with them. I know that um, Officer Glenn Barrett, who I know a lot of people know, I first met him um, and began to know him because he was walking foot patrol downtown on Broadway. And that's how he introduced himself. And that's how we got to know each other. So I think it is great that he's doing this. I just, I had a little giggle at the double from one to two. Um, and he has labeled them CEOs, which is community engagement officers, which I think is terrific. Um, yes. By the way, there are three officer Glenn Barrett, aren't there? Because the guy's everywhere. I'm convinced there's three of them. They're triplets. Literally, Officer Glenn Barrett, he, I mean, you will see him at the city council meetings. Like, he's the police officer at the city council meetings, mm -hmm. you know, making sure everything is going okay. To seeing him on the horse in the summer because he does the mounted unit. To also- at the track. Oh, I see him at the track all the time. Yeah. And by the way, he's the school resource officer at the high school. So he is like, he's fantastic. Um we then he went into the fire department and they had the 6,990 calls for service. Um, they are expecting to open the third station in mid March. Um, he spoke about the code, the work we do that some people might not know about. We provide all the ambulance service for SPAC in the summer, which is actually like a huge commitment considering the volume of people that are at SPAC. And he spoke about this Taking summer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, he spoke about this summer, though. An individual there um, had a heart attack and had to be resuscitated. And it was our firefighters that responded who were able to resuscitate him, um, get him to the hospital. And he survived that heart attack because of their prompt and um, talented response, which is, you know, just phenomenal. Um, he then also touched on code enforcement which doesn't ever get enough credit. And code, yes. our code enforcement department is small and they are tremendous. Um, and so he spoke about uh, the Beaver Pond neighborhood, um, which I believe is out in Geyser Crest, where- it's beyond, it's separate, but right in that area. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, where a developer had to file for bankruptcy. 
And he spoke about the code enforcement officers working with the homeowners there to gain compliance um, with our code enforcement um, department, which was great. And so he and he just gave a lot of kudos to, once again, all the different people in his department and um, how proud he was to lead such a great group of people. Um, I believe the public safety department, I know the public safety department is the largest in terms of bodies and budget. Um, there are in total 204 employees in public safety. So it's a huge department to lead. And um, he gave them all a lot of credit, which was great. Great. I, you know, this, uh, he mentioned a mid-March opening, you, you mentioned of, of the East of fire station number three on Henning. I hope so. But boy, that's been an elusive opening for over like a period of a year. If you went back and, and drew a timeline of when they said it was going to open, this timeline just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Now, Commissioner Cole, he's new. He's been in office for a month. He deserves a chance to, to achieve that goal. I hope I hope he hits it. But it seems like there's a lot of things uh, that have worked against this. This And that covers the area that I live, the Eastern Plateau. So, God, I hope, uh, hope, hope that's accurate, that we'd get a mid-March opening. I would like to do a, like a very special episode just on the third station talking about where it's at, you know, why it's been delayed, when it's going to open and how it will work. I think that would be a good, a good one for us to do because I agree there's, there seem to be, there seem to be issues surrounding its opening that um, I feel like the public needs to know about, but anyway. Okay. Um, and Commissioner um, Cole ended uh, when someone had a good quote. I wrote it down. So proud, he said, "I'm so proud to lead." And yeah, uh, that, that, that was great. So proud to lead. Big thanks. I'm, I'm, um, I'm a fan. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of Commissioner Cole by far. I, I, I want to uh, put that out there. Me, uh, me too. Me. Just too. so I disclose it uh, when I'm saying, you know, I'll criticize him when, when, when the time comes. Uh, but, 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 uh, but I think he's a great addition to the city council. Couldn't agree more. Um, then the supervisor spoke. Um, supervisor Madigan spoke first. She spoke about her committee assignments. Um, she also spoke about kind of some of the procedures and procedurally how things happen at the county, which I think is important. And again, I we are going to go on the road at some point and do an episode just about the county board of supervisors. Um, and because it is a it's a very different process than the city council. And these committee assignments, when the supervisors are talking about them, sometimes you're just kind of like checked out and you're like this, like, who cares? Like, I'm bored. But she spoke about the fact that all the legislation that's passed by the County Board of Supervisors starts in these committees. And then the whatever they're proposing moves to the Law and Finance Committee and from there goes to the whole County Board of Supervisors to be voted on. So actually, your committee assignments are super important um, when it comes to what kind of legislation you're hoping to get passed. Um, she spoke about her goals of building a better relationship with the city and the county. Um, next week, apparently, the county is going to start working with the city in some specific capacity that we will hear about um, regarding the homeless, which is fantastic. Um, she then also spoke about uh, her goal of getting the bars closed earlier, which is something that uh, the majority of city residents have, have wanted for some time. The city council, the last administration and the administration before that voted on and wanted to have happen. Um, she suggested that it would most likely be a hybrid solution for bar closing times, yes. um, which I will say I think is, I hope, I, I don't think it's going to be the most effective thing if that's the way we go, only in that 
what was mentioned was that like in the summer, they would still be open until four, but in the winter months, they would close at 2 a.m. And my whole thing is we don't have any problems in the winter between two and four. It's the, su- it's the summertime that the two to four is an I, issue. So I heard that differently, Robin. I thought did? it was two in the winter, but something before four in the summer, but not four. I thought that's what I heard. Oh, okay. In any event, both uh, both uh, Supervisor uh, uh, Madigan and Supervisor Veach said there's traction on this within the county board, whereas a year ago, there w- that was a non-starter. Yeah. So there is potential traction that, and again, folks, the, the, the county has to make this move, not the city. The, the city liquor authority will not act on a city's uh, uh, request, but if the county requests it, um, and it's a reasonable request, uh, you, I, I assume that it will happen. So the fact that there's traction within the county board of supervisors, not done, it's not a guarantee by far, but finally there's traction where it was, it was wet matches a year ago. That, that had no traction a year ago. That had no, no, no spark. Uh, looks like it might have some, some possibility now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And was really happy to hear that because it's just like, like the amount of effort and time that's gone into trying to get earlier closing times and it just hits a, it hits a wall. It's just been so frustrating. So I thought that was really positive and a really a great thing. Um, she spoke about the county's $400 million budget and that they actually decreased taxes this year at the county. Um, so they're obviously financially in great shape. Um, and generally speaking, her, her tone was very enthusiastic and upbeat and, um, I think she's really excited to sink her teeth into working at the county and and really following through on those kind of goals that she that she stated. And her relationship with Commissioner Beach, and again, it's only been oh, a month, yeah. but it is stellar. Good it for is. both of them, a Democrat, a Republican. Maybe it's the one Saratoga connection, or maybe it's just two public servants that realize that in order to serve the people well, they should get along well. They've got a great relationship, and that's something I don't take for granted. Totally, both of them, I give kudos to. Totally, totally, totally agree. Um, Supervisor Veach spoke last and he talked about something that actually he and I worked on, which was um, he was able to secure $300,000 to support the third fire station by having the hazmat truck for the county housed there. So they are paying the city $300,000 over 10 years, which is great. Um, He spoke about new welcome signs um, that are happening. That doesn't get me super hot and bothered. Great new welcome signs. Well, it, to see what they look like. It's important to me. You come into this, this city on a major highway, and you have no idea you entered Saratoga Springs, New York. What there's something's mean? wrong with that. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, there's a big sign on the exit that says Saratoga Springs, so you kind of know but, where you're going. But there's some state highway. There's some areas where you enter the city border. You enter in the city, you come from the outside, the adjoining town, and you have no idea you crossed over a border. And This is Saratoga Springs, New York, damn it. I want to know that I crossed into Saratoga Springs. That's right, damn it. Now we will. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so I I take it back. It is great. We're getting new welcome signs. I can't wait to see them. It's, It'll be it's awesome. sexy, Robin. Damn it, it's sexy. <laughs> Everyone will know they're in goddamn Saratoga Springs. Um, he also spoke about um, new historical markers that will be going up in some of the specifically um, historically African-American neighborhoods, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, yes, and yes. I, I look forward to that happening. Um, he talked about the Belmont. Um, he he also spoke about uh, collaborating with the city um, regarding the homeless. 
And he then also touched on nightlife and bar closing times. Uh, Supervisor Veach was a large part of this conversation when it happened about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it didn't have a chance in hell, which is essentially what he said. But now, you know, there is a real possibility of some movement, which is fantastic. And then he also touched on truck traffic and said he was going to look at it from a county level to see what, if anything, can be done, which I think is great and really helpful and obviously necessary. Um, then just because we're going kind of long here, so I'm, I'm speeding through this a little bit, but uh, the mayor closed everything out. And the thing he hit on, which, again, I thought was interesting and appropriate. First, he was like, the big question for him is what are we going to, what do we want or what is the city going to look like in 10 years? Like, let's be forward thinking about what we're doing and, and what kind of city are we going to have a decade from now? And then he also spoke about the word harmony and how unity and harmony are two different things. And, you know, having harmony is really what you want between all groups, you know, who are in the city working and living, you want that harmony. And so he was, you know, saying, he was kind of tacking that on to our current city slogan of health, history, horses, and harmony um, as something that he wants. And I thought that was a really eloquent and, and lovely um, way to articulate um, what he would like to see happen under his administration and for the city in general. So that concluded the State of the City Address. That's, that's all I had. Did I miss anything? Um, no, I think you hit most most of, of the points, and yeah, it, uh, um, again, a positive feeling last night, folks. And, and and let's give credit; nobody went too long. I think it was over in about an hour and fifteen minutes what? with all those speakers. Uh, that's that's saying something. Um, that uh, um, just just a lot of positivity. From and then the, the other thing that I just want to bring up, which I thought was really nice, was that afterwards, everyone went to not everyone, but a lot of the people on the city council went to Nine Maple to have a drink. And I just thought that was so nice because that's how it kind of used to be. You know, you'd have a city council meeting, things might be contentious, but at the end of the day, everybody went out and had a beer together and, and it was cool, you know? And, and so I, I kind of appreciated that that happened last night and, and there was kind of that camaraderie and a bit of, so a bit of a social element um, after the state of the city address. I thought that was a nice thing. I, I, I agree. A, a word you're going to hear from us a lot this year uh, the word comedy, not, not a comedy with a T, not a D, where uh, people are, are respectful, they get along, and, and maybe the nine maple element is 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 part of that, right? Um, that 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 is good. That that is good in a lot of different settings and politics. Uh, again, not to an excess, but um, you know, stop out for half an hour and uh, let's just talk about the Yankees or something. Totally. My only, my only, I and I went over there and, and joined for a moment. My only, um, my only critique is that. Homegirl gets hangry, and I need nine maple to have some snacks, please, please. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, it was a great state of the city. Oh, we just had another comment come in. I'll pop up here one sec. Um, Ginny says, thanks for your review. I needed to check in to listen to your take on the state of the city. Yes, because sitting yes. at home, 90% was totally inaudible. Ginny and I actually have experienced this um, not just at council meetings or state of the city, but also there has been um, like for the, um, oh gosh, why am I going to, the restorative justice committee meets and you can't hear a thing they're saying. And we did hear from a lot of people last night that they couldn't hear the audio at home. And that is so frustrating. So um, I don't know what needs to happen, but it's been going on for way too long and we're live streaming this. And if we're live streaming, 
things from City Hall, people at home should be able to freaking hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, unacceptable, right? Totally, flat, flat. totally unacceptable. Yeah. Totally unacceptable. 2024. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally unacceptable. And just super frustrating when you're trying to listen at home. Um, so that concludes the state of the city address. Dan, do you have time to briefly, I had two other things I want to talk about. I don't know that we have time to get into the cat in Spring Street Deli, which I that, know that deserves more time. It totally does. So maybe that's yeah. the next week. We'll really like dive into it. Um, yeah. But the one thing I wanted to quickly bring up about single men, because I love, um, I love it when people find love, right? We want to help people get together and find a relationship and find a companion. And to that effect, I just want to pull this up. Saratoga Living Magazine is having, they teamed up with Saratoga City Tavern and they're having a first of its kind single in Saratoga speed dating event. It is next week. And men, men of Saratoga, it is sold out for the ladies. The ladies are signed up, looking to go. They're ready for action. They're ready to meet some guys. And so we are looking for some single men. And um, there are lots of different ticket options. And so you can basically get a, a ticket if you're a man over like 40, if you're a woman over 40, kind of in different age brackets. So you're not going as a 55-year-old man and necessarily speed dating with like a 19-year-old girl. Um, and... There are, let's see, samples of Golden Ghost Signature Bottle Cocktails. Um, it, it just looks like I'm looking at all the details. It looks totally fun. And actually, to the extent that, like, I was talking to Abby, who is the editor of Saratoga Living, about it. And I was saying, like, this, this is an event that I hope they do for, like, just people in Saratoga who want to make friends, you know what I mean? Who have like just moved here to like meet people. Like it, it's a kind of like takes all of the awkwardness away of, of getting to know people. And I, I think the format that they're, they're doing it in is just great. And um, I know it is really hard to date in Saratoga Springs. It's hard. Um, I don't know from my own experience, I've been married for a long time, but I know from, you know, all of the friends I've known here who have been single or trying to date that it is, it can be really challenging. And so an event like this, um, can be great. So good, I hope good, good for Saratoga living and yeah. the energy Abby and Natalie and everybody puts into these things. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're an asset in the, in this, in this city and, uh, good for them. And for those of you that are single and you're, and that might not be something you would do, give it a shot. What, what, what do you possibly got to lose to, to show up and have fun? Don't, don't put expectations on yourself Get out of the house in, in February and, 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 and just try something different. Totally agree. And I know at some of their previous events that they did that were singles events, there have been relationships that uh, came from those events that are still in, in happening in perpetuity. So people have like found their person at some of these events and and have, have successful relationships from it. So yeah, I would encourage any guy who's interested, go to Saratoga Living, check out the details, sign up, go next week. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, and I kind of wish I could go just to like, you know, help bring people together. But um, I, you know, probably not. Homework for the podcast. You could go and just observe. I mean, we, back in the day when I had Saratoga Social, we did, we did two singles events and I had so much fun at them because I basically just carried around a tray of shots and would get a, you know, a guy and a girl and be like, let's take a shot. Let's talk. And, and just, I love matchmaking. So it was super fun. But um, anyway, should we go into our cheers and jeers? Because we are at an hour seven, Dan. Yes. Look at us. 
Oh my goodness, we're running over, and we don't even have Adam. I know. Hour and a half if Adam was here. I know. Do you? I have a cheer and jeer. Do you have one? Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I, I don't have traditional cheers and jeers. I want to take this time in two things. One of them is in, I'm going to hit you with a question from left field, but I think you're going to be able to nail it. Um, I, I just took a tour this morning uh, of the residences at at the Adelphi, uh, the Van Dam building, the big construction there, and I got in pretty deep and saw some of the new buildings. And you know, some people are turned off by the 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 the, the wealth and and everything going on in Saratoga. I'm not. I I recognize. Uh, disparities, and I recognize that that at one end we we have to address homeless issues and income inequalities and so forth. But at the same time, I love Saratoga for what it is, and these buildings were beautiful. Of course, uh, Benaccio uh, did a wonderful job, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Michael Dub and uh, Mr. Roth are the two owners there. I met them. Uh, it, it was pretty exciting. It's going to be uh, completely open in stages. Uh, hopefully uh, uh, some before the Belmont, then some more before the regular track season. And then by fall, it should be completely open. Uh, what a great addition. Some neat things there. And then finally, my question, Robin, a different subject here. I'm going to hit you from left field here. but And I don't want to go too long here because we're late. But what the hell's up with Gaffney's? Can you update me real quick on that? Well, that's a really good question. Actually, I, I don't have a specific answer for you, but I can... It's, but but it's been closed forever, right? It hasn't opened in in months and months and months, right? I there's, have, a, there's a sign on the door from the city saying this is this is closed. This is going to remain closed. Uh, um, it, yeah. it's kind of it's it's been dead. I I don't think it's been open in a long long time. Maybe I'm I, wrong. Someone comment if you know better. I have observed that as well, and we'll find out because I yeah. think there's nothing worse for our city than having closed businesses just in general in a prominent location. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, like my, my little kind of block here, like I'm, as most people know, I'm like basically two blocks, not even a full two blocks away from Gaffney's. And if you have Gaffney's not operational and then you go, you thank God for Hamlet and ghost, like God love them. Thank God they crank out. They're so popular as they should be. Yes. But then you go to vacant lot, closed fairies, and then a bunch of shitty, gross smoke shops and like meat <laughs> shops. I'm sorry, they're 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 like a, there's two or three of them there, right? In That's that intersection of Henry Street. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's not it is not great. Like this is not a great look for us at all. And so um, hopefully, you know, by the time we get to spring summer, we will have these things sorted out because I do not want to see these places um, non operational. Yeah. Yeah. I, now I don't live there, so it's easy for me to say, but. The, the vape shops, they, they do add some uh, character to the area. They, they what are you add, talking about? What kind of character? Robin, you, you can't complain about empty businesses and then businesses that are running. I, I think that's <laughs> I think you're kind of conflicting there. You've got to be happy that at least you're building businesses contributing to the local tax base. I know. I Okay, so this is like... But, but you live there, so I respect yeah. that. You live there, I don't. It's easy for me right. to run the Eastern Plateau to say, oh, vape shop, neat. But, I guess you know, what so I'm I, saying... I, let me respect your... You know, you're you're raising kids five doors away. I get that. I the only thing that I wish was not the case is that we have three. There's like two vape shops, and then this like hookah kind of place, all like right together. And I I I don't I I, I don't think we need three. I guess is what I'm saying. But you know, the, if that's Fair what the enough. market will bear. That's what the market will bear. I you, I, you live there. I respect your your opinion much more yeah. than mine on this. My kids have some, have made some very interesting comments walking by um, <laughs> the vape shops and Clancy's um, with all the people who like hang out outside of Clancy's, smoking, drunk, whatever. It's actually kind of hysterical. 
but um, yeah, anyhow. Um, so I will, but I will find out and we'll get back to people on that, um, uh, by the next podcast. I just have one, um, quick cheer that I wanted to do a big, big cheer. And that big, big cheer is for officer Lloyd Davis, um, who has served the city in our police department for such a long time. And for a huge chunk of that, he was the SRO at our high school and was just is, and was beloved by the students there. And it's makes me so like personally sad to have him retire because he's just, oh, I don't know. He's just one of the, he's just one of the, the good guys. He's just a great, great police officer. And it was really our privilege to have him in our police department. And so I want to thank him for everything he's done for our community, for everything he's done for the kids in our community, and just wish him a successful and happy and wonderful retirement. Um, we will miss you, Officer Lloyd Davis. We will miss you tremendously. Well, well done, Robin. Well done. Thanks. All right, folks. Let's see. It's an hour and 12 minutes. I mean, what would we have done if Adam was here? We would have been like a two and a half hour pot. <laughs> Adam, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we will see you guys next Wednesday. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can find us if you're not watching live, you can find us wherever you watch your favorite podcast. Um, we love being here and Dan, I will see you next week. Thanks Robin. Thanks for watching folks. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye my friends. <laughs>